All right, welcome back to the Blue Guys. This is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BK Glugas. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue Guys. And Brian. Yo, wow, we're doing it. Whole new world. Whole we're new world here. It. The digital age. Um, a common theme amongst this podcast is my complaining about the audio setup that I, I put you through and ask you to test and test and test and test and test. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have got a new system. Yeah. It should be sounding clearer. Professional are microphones. Asking, are you asking me? Cause yeah, because <laughs> we can't hear anything anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, it looks more official. I'll tell you that much. We tweeted out a photo at BK Glue Guys. Check us out. Check us out on iTunes. Search Glue or search Glue check Guys. Out, yeah. Check us out. Just look, go to our Twitter account and check out our microphone <laughs> for us. Would you? I've looked we at need. worse on Twitter. <laughs> um, so please comment on our iTunes. Mm-hmm. Rate us. Give oh, us a good rating, wow. please. Wow. You're uh, going in on the social media today. Comments. How are you, Brian? Good. I'm doing well. Um, you know, same old pretty much. We uh, haven't in a while. It's been a while, yeah. We were supposed to go on Thursday, and then you, you backed out of the last second. What happened? Something pop up? Um, I had like a bunch of midnight. I work weird hours, for those who don't know, and I had a bunch of midnight shifts in a row, and I want to be at my premium, my maximum when I podcast with you. You want to have a premium experience. That's what you're saying. And that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, you were going to get an Arby's and not <laughs> not a Ruth Chris, if that makes any sense. I don't, wait, what was the last place? I didn't even know. Ruth Chris? I've never heard of that. What is it? Ah, it's a steakhouse. It's nice, though. Yeah, sure. It's more of a, it's better than Outback. I'm more, I like to reference Peter Luger when I reference expensive steak places that I don't go to. Because you live in Brooklyn. Or, what, where's, no. that, where's that place? Ruth Chris? Yeah. It's like a chain... It's like it's a, a chain. I've never like heard Morton's of. Steakhouse. You know what Morton's? Yeah. It's like that. Oh, okay. Same thing. You know, like there's one in every city. Anyways, to me. <clears throat> um, how'd the snow treat you? You know, I was very. <laughs> <laughs> we we were avoiding talking about something. There's something. No, no, the blizzard was great. Uh, I didn't get <laughs> any water in the, in the glue dungeon, which I was super stoked about. Um, the glue dungeon oftentimes will take a little water on when the like inclement weather woman. comes. Uh, I mean, Sandy, it was not only full up, but about a foot above the uh, really the door jam. So, um, yeah, I got got cray cray down here. Um, I wasn't here for that though. That's just, this is just what the guy that used to live here told me. But I've definitely been down here. And my galosh is bailing it out, like because you're you're somewhat paid by this building to yeah. do things. Yeah, I can't I can't go into it in too much detail. But <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm I'm sort of the super. I do the I do the trash. Um, how much do you get for that? It's enough. It's good. It's good. It's, it's I don't enough. Get, What's I don't, enough? I don't get anything. It's That's just, not Brian's job. They, That's just, not Brian's they just take a little off the off the top. You know, when when the monthly rent check comes in, they they say, "How many people live in this building?" It's just three apartments. So, although they got some new guys upstairs, uh, I'm not mm. so sure about these. This area is blowing up. We're in Greenpoint. Yeah, it, it's getting it's it's hitting a, a fever pitch. There's a we were World Trade Center like building. <laughs> it's insane. It's like 17 stories. It's it's insane. It's not going to work out. Um, is it? And it's going to. They're going to be trying to sell apartments simultaneously while the L is no longer operating. 
in Brooklyn. When's the open so date? 2017 is when they intend. Can you believe that? The L- no, the L- the L- not going to happen. First of all, there's no way that building is getting built by 2017. That's crazy. Oh yeah, because there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's How is hole, that possible? Right? There's a hole in the ground. Giant hole. But I, across the street, the other place, Kitty Corner, went up. You know that it was a hole for the longest time, and then all of a sudden they had money, and then there was like guys like twelve o'clock at night on a weeknight, just like banging away. Um, but the L thing is not going to happen. If if you don't know what the L thing <laughs> it's is, it's going to happen, man. Um, I'm which, counting on it. I need it to happen. I can't afford to live here if it doesn't happen. It's got to happen. What? I need. You need the L to shut down. I would like it if the L shut down. I don't take the L to work. I don't need to take the L to work. So. Doesn't doesn't I don't think anyone's had that take before. Doesn't affect they want the L to I, shut down. I want the L to shut down because then people won't move here and jack my, <laughs> my rent up. So if you don't know, there's there there's a, a rumor out there uh that the, the L train that supplies a lot of people from Brooklyn Brooklyn access to Manhattan. Um a possibility that it would shut down for what, three years? No, no, no. Just one year, but oh. <laughs> that would be that'd be too better. That'd be too sweet. Yeah, three years. Um, here forever. I just can't imagine that they would do that. But they, would, the government would have to hate They're people that live in Williamsburg needs, so much. It needs to happen. Or the car- hardworking people of Canarsie, as my coworkers say. Yeah. But they'll never do that. They're going to do it, man. Um, something that will not be done anytime soon, the Nets being good. Brian. Hey, listen. One or two players away if those <laughs> players are named. LeBron and Kevin. LeBron and Kevin. Which is a possibility. I don't want to not say look, it. Smuts, I think it's our... Always it's part, part of our job is to instill hope as much, you know, so we have a podcast, you know that, right? And you know, what's really lame is like not believing in all these fun rumors that come, come around the corner in your podcast or not, maybe not believing them, but not giving them a little, a little shine. So the Kevin Durant rumors, we didn't get to touch on when they were happening, when the thunder came to Brooklyn and got scorched. By the Nets. Do you want me to drop some some two weeks late horn bombs on that? <laughs> oh wait, no, hang on. This is the one for the win. Um, and so yeah, we did that well. But then Kevin Durant, totally unnecessarily, especially for a guy who has you know the relationship with the media that Kevin Durant has, went on to say nice <laughs> things about the that. Nets. Yeah. Which who does first of all who does that? What and you know it makes sense to question why are you saying nice things about the Nets at this juncture? Is there something that we're? Is there like a, like someone related to the Nets organization that has a connection with Kevin Durant that we're missing? Do you are you not aware of this? What? Oh my God! Well, here, let me come come with me here. Smells. <laughs> well, I let's put on our tinfoil hats. I got some tinfoil behind you right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you put that on? Here's here's the conspiracy that that we're talking about. Um, Dude, what is in this? Is there actually something in that? Sawdust. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was smoking meth out of that. Um, the it's better than sawdust. <laughs> smoking sawdust. Um, so, Kevin Durant, a very notable uh, client of the Rock Nation Sports Agency. Uh, Rock Nation Sports yeah. Agency. That J- Jay Z is. I'm mad. Is the I forgot that. And I'm dumb. and furthermore, uh, a employer of one Michael Yormark, if that's his name, I think so. That's the twin brother of Brett Yormark. Um, so an employee of of the Rock Nation. 
anyhow, uh, works closely with Kevin Durant. So those that's the conspiracy kind of that's the that's the business side. That's the marketing, marketing, marketing perspective. Well, I will say we have a Twitter question from at Logan Five Miller. This has happened live. Are we? This is happening live. Wow. You can tweet at us at BK Glue Guys. Uh, he says, "How much of your own money would you pay for KD and Kevin Ale?" in BK next year. How much of your own money would you put up for that? I consider $500. How much of your own money would you put up? That's an interesting yeah, question. That's an interesting question. Do that's I have real... to have Kevin Ollie? Is that is that do I No, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, we don't have to. I like Kevin Ollie, but um but no, but Kevin Durant. So let's just narrow it down to Kevin Durant. How much of your own money would you put up for Kevin Durant? Five, he Logan says $500. I think I would I would probably pay $500. As in like it's a sure thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'd make that back in in uh, with ad sales, you know, ad revenue on the on, <laughs> on the our pod. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a there's a whole business model there. Um, Would you go h- higher than five hundred? You're going to get married. You're you're going to get an influx of cash. If, so, so if you if, if you were to uh, go fund me, here, here's what you got to imagine though. You can't just say yeah, like five hundred. You got to imagine you're in the negotiation. You're in the war room, and so the guy's like, you're like, okay, I'll, I'll start with five hundred, and they're like. Actually, like seven hundred would do it. You're gonna say no. You can't have that extra two hundred dollars. I would. I would go seven hundred. Yeah. I don't have that much money to throw around. But <laughs> yeah. the the fact is, we do this podcast and we have to watch. Saying, they come back with a counter offer. Yeah. This is. It gets really tricky. Would you then go back and say six hundred? To be honest, or would you? Would if, you? If there was a counter offer and they were like, "Yo, it's actually gonna be like two thousand dollars," I would. I would get. I would go in on it with a bunch of friends. And you would call your dad. I would call, I would call a couple of people, GW included, and but, be but, like, throw down on this. But see, that, I know it's not in the spirit of the question. Yeah, I think the purity of the question has to be your own money. It can't be – because it, in the end, it would have to be a, collect, a collection Fine. of – So everyone's got to pay $2,000 then in that instance. Everyone's got to put – like, it's got to be from your own account. I'm not it. paying $2,000 for Kevin Durant. $1,000. <laughs> I don't got that, man. These mics cost a lot of money. $1,000. $1,000. To be able to not talk about Wayne Ellington missing shots oh my God. all year next year. Because think about it. Throughout 82 games, what's 1,000 divided by 82? I mean, we do. We spend a lot of time doing this podcast, thinking about this podcast. You know, it would make that, you know, think about like, so if we do, even if we do 10 episodes next year, it's like 100 bucks an episode. I mean, we're not going to do way more than 10 episodes, for example. But it's like, it's like, would you pay, let's say, how many episodes do we do in a season? Huh. What? What's going on? If this math works out. <laughs> you, crunch one, a, you crunch the numbers over there? 1,000 divided by 82. This doesn't seem right. Comes out to about 12, 1220 a game. Basically, that you'd be sense. paying a, a, a $12.20 premium to get Kevin Durant, almost like a, a pay-per-view cost. To get Kevin Durant to come to Brooklyn, would you like? So don't look at it as thousand dollars. Look at it as each game I'm going to pay twelve dollars more to get Kevin Durant on this team. Plus, I mean, you're not even counting the playoff run that is imminent, and that's free money at that point. <laughs> so and maybe Kevin so brings twelve dollars extra a game. Then Russell hears about this, and Russell says, "Hey, if you give me a thousand dollars per person as a Nets fan for a season." I'll come over to Brooklyn too. Uh, I, I, that, I don't. I don't need Russell. 
<laughs> you would have paid $24 a game to get. I mean, we've seen the Russell experiment and with KD. Let's let's mix it up. I think part of the reason he would change scenes in the first place. I mean, I'm obviously thinking about what this. What if with that $1,000, you also got a free seat to one game? What, where's the seat? Bottom bowl. Not Honda Club. Within the baskets. Baseline or? Yeah, that's within. Yeah, baseline. Not, not, but you're not courtside. You can't be courtside. You're like, you're the furthest section of the bottom bowl. Um, but you're between the baskets. Thousand dollars, you get Kevin Durant. Yeah, twelve dollars a game. I was, I was going to say two thousand just for the. <laughs> I, mean, I could. I mean, I'm a sucker, so I could get. I could get talked up if they've got a cunning negotiator on the other side. I'm screwed. You know. Um, Twitter question from Marty Torres who tweets out at us often, and we appreciate it. Can Joe Johnson really be Joe Jesus and save this franchise with us trading him? Basically, can. Can the Nets can he save the franchise by letting himself be traded? That's is there going to be a Joe Johnson trade? There's a there's a bunch of reasons why that's not going to happen. Right. The primary one is that we don't have a GM. <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be a problem. Yeah. Um, I have this whole fun thing. So what we're going to talk about? It, we had a little bit of the GM search news. Uh, there was a story. Oh, you just blew past the Marty Torres thing. No, I'm going to loop back. I'm going to loop back. I'm going to tease the loop back. Um, Dwight, there's some Dwight Howard Nets recollections that were a lot of fun that happened this week. That was week. a lot of fun. Uh, and then also news around the league. I've got some, you know, Blake Griffin stuff. Cleveland. We never touched on Cleveland because we didn't have time about David Blatt firing. But we'll touch on it slightly. And then a little Nick's Chris Stapps thing I've got. Um, the GM thing. When you fire someone, you don't always have an immediate replacement. So that is fine, Right. But this team desperately needs to get – someone needs to be in place before this season's out. Because this team cannot just go right into the offseason without some leader, some guy to have a plan in place. Because it's even if you hire him, let's say, with like at the end of the season, his plan or whatever that's going to be is not going to be all that effective. You're not. You're not. You're, you took off your conspiracy theorist hat, and that's an issue. That's where you're, that's where you're not seeing the full – If Please tell me. If we can lure Kevin Durant and being like, why don't you hire your friends as our GM and coach? <laughs> like, I mean, like a bunch of jerks, like we've always done. Well, who cares? Whatever. It's Kevin Durant. <laughs> See what I'm saying? I think that they're going to leave the door ajar until the off season for that reason. And I mean, maybe that's this is. I, I could see it going either way, but my you sneaking doors, suspicion doors will be ajar. Slightly ajar for like a star to be like, I want to hire my good friend this person for the job i'm worried that the door ajar will be dwight howard and we're gonna they're gonna give him the keys to the franchise and then it's gonna <laughs> seriously yeah i'm worried i don't know i think the i think everyone's too still too butthurt from 2011 or when was that 2012 um let's go to that real quick so we got some fun news this week jj reddick so asian warzanowski has this podcast that came out and he's been making a ton of news. I mean, he always makes news, but he always he's been getting these really oh, great you're so, interviews. You're just so jelly of Wojnarowski. I just saw you in your eyes. He's always <laughs> yeah. breaking news. Yeah, you want to be breaking he, news. Don't I want to be better than <laughs> the the best NBA beat guy in the history yeah. of NBA beat guys. Yeah. I do. That's how I look at myself. I'm like Lance Stevenson and looking at Michael Jordan. <laughs> um, so we had JJ Redick on, and JJ went through this whole point, this whole story about how, you know. Dwight Howard came to him, 
came to the team when they were in the Magic and Dwight Howard was possibly going to go to the Nets. And he said, you know, I'm going to Brooklyn, that it was going to happen, that it was a definite thing, and blah, blah, blah. So that leads Nets fans back down the road of, like, what could have been. It could have been Darren and Dwight and not mm-hmm. Gerald Wallace and Joe Johnson and various other pieces. Uh, my whole thing is that, you know, and I'm slanted here, but the, a team of Darren Williams and Dwight Howard would have been it would have been better, unappealing, personalities wise. Yeah, that would have not have been. It, it it's being made out to be like what could have been like this could have been a, a dynasty almost in the making. Well, the the thing that makes you like well that at least helps me not regret it so so much is that Darren also sucked. Like you know, right. it's like that. You know, we can we can go in the time capsule all you want, but we saw the. Darren Williams tenure and that devolved pretty rapidly right after that happened because Darren injuries I mean it's not like Darren got hurt because he didn't have Dwight Howard he would have gotten hurt and then Dwight got hurt himself he's been hurt over a lot of seasons in theory those two are perfect beautiful wonderful little pieces together both are grumpy I don't know if Dwight is considered grumpy Dwight is unreliable Darren is grumpy um those two together with their injury problems, it still wouldn't have been that awesome. They of a probably situation. would have hated each other's guts really rapidly. Wouldn't they have? Yeah, I think so. It's either they would have hated each other or not had any relationship. It's not that they would have been friends. It's weird that they were ever friends in the first place. Like it, I don't know. It just seems like two personalities that like Dwight, a like goofy wants to be on Disney Channel guy, and Darren, a basically hermit and <laughs> <laughs> but he seems so goddamn happy in dallas isn't that annoying it doesn't it bug you it bugs me so much he seems so comfortable i don't i don't i don't want him to not be comfortable i'm just saying it's like why couldn't you have been happy in brooklyn why, what was preventing you from from being satisfied it's a very difficult question i i can't answer it i don't know answer it brian <laughs> it's uh you know we can speculate we can speculate but don't be don't be grumpy. Kevin Durant's gonna gonna save us from all this. No, I I do not want to get my hopes up. I hate everyone that I don't think that this is gonna happen, and I have to really believe that. But see, here's how sick and twisted my head is. If I tell myself that I believe that it's not happening, a little bit of my brain is like that means it could happen, and then it's just like this weird vortex of of mm, hope. Right. This hope vortex. What, you, what else are we supposed to hope for? What else is out there? There's nothing. There's nothing. Harrison Barnes, man. <laughs> I saw someone tweet out today. I think it was uh, – uh, I forget who it was, but talking about who's going to get max contracts next year. I was against DeMar DeRozan. Now I'm 100% in on DeMar DeRozan. I mean, come on. Why not? <laughs> He's fantastic. I, I've totally missed the boat on him. Yeah. Um, but the fact that Ryan Anderson may get a max contract. Ryan Anderson? Dude, he's balling right now. He puts up points. He's a very limited role. He's a three-point shooter who can play power forward, but not defensively. He would also be a weird, just kind of, uh, he would have to come off the bench on the Nets, or I don't know. Also, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Like, But we could potentially have another like Jordan Farmar uh, free agency period. You know, oh, like God. what we're going to end up with our, <clears throat> with Anthony Morrow's of, of the NBA. Um, That's the fear. Yeah, that the Nets are gonna and this, and the, have a crappy GM in place. And are, the struggle is real, you know. So I, you know, as much as I want to get excited, I also did listen to the to the you know AM radio last night at two o'clock in the morning and, and heard the the Knicks fans tuning in, and be like, so uh, you know, 
how about that uh, Kevin Durant? He'd be good on the Knicks. <laughs> He'd fit right in with yeah. Melo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and so I feel like that, and I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be that kind of person. We are that way. I know. Um, it's fine. Uh, quick stats about how bad the Nets are. Are you ready for this? Sure. Uh, we're recording this on a Saturday. Last night was the game against Dallas. Another poor offensive performance. Nets bench held to two points against Dallas. Two points. Uh, that's not good. Tony Brown played his starters crazy amount of minutes. Awful. Since Jerry Jack went down, the team has averaged 90.71 points per game. Okay? That would be a season average. That would be the lowest points per game since the 2011-2012 season. Where two teams actually averaged less than 90 points. Um, in January. Okay? Two teams that are tanking. Lakers, Sixers. Nets have which are three and twelve. Lakers are three and thirteen. Sixers are four and nine. I have a friend at work who is a Celtics fan. Freaking smile on his face every day. He comes in because it's going to happen. This Nets pick is going to be a first pick. That's the it's it's good. We, we are going to lose the first overall pick. That's what's going to happen. You realize that it's it, and and it's it, it's a helpless situation because of God. God wants that for us. <laughs> he doesn't like us. God doesn't like Brooklyn. He doesn't like the heathens in Brooklyn. The Nets should have moved to the Bronx or something. It's <laughs> yeah. a more God-friendly place. Um, that's fine. Whatever. What are you going to do at this point? So the main question for this GM coming in, there's several things that, like, the reason why I want this GM to be in sooner rather than later is partly because I want to plan for free agency because the Nets can make things happen. Okay. But this GM would have to decide what to do with Brooke and Thad. I still believe that a, any trade that they make is unlikely to bring up back anything that is better than Brooke and Thad. Like we talk about this, first round picks, not that great. Um, look at Boston right now. They they got Trey Rosier and RJ Hunter in the last draft. Could be good. Haven't done anything. Those would be the type of guys that the Nets would get for Brooke Lopez. Yeah. yeah. That's even maybe a little bit rich for Brooke, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Not that exciting. No. I mean, if it's not in the lottery, it's not exciting. Right. It would ha- For the Nets, I would almost rather go all in on a bank pick and say, like, give us just one pick for Brooke and make it top three protected, if, if that, and I'll, we'll take it straight up. But anything like lottery protected, what's the, what's the real point? It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. I mean, it looks like Prokhorov, I take him at his word when he says he's one or two good players away. I think, like we've been saying, that the free agency is, is where this is going to happen. And if that doesn't happen for us, if we end up with Anthony Morrow and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and another year, D. Sloan, um, we will probably have to trade those those two guys. Yeah. Um, but so speaking of our GM search... Um, have you have you looked at any of these candidates at all? I, I did some deep diving on Colangelo, meaning I watched YouTube videos of him. Of him? Because this is the kind of guy, you know, I'm the kind of person that I need to see into their eyes, you know? Yeah. I got to see what's, you know, the windows to the soul mm-hmm. are the eyes, they say. What do they say? Um, but- I like, I li- based on, I didn't, I didn't love Colangelo going into it. He won me over in these videos. Someone in particular that I thought was pretty good of uh, <clears throat> him and Isaiah Thomas talking about the usefulness of analytics in GM land. Oh, what did Colangelo say? Uh, Colangelo had a very measured take on it, and 
uh, Isaiah Thomas did not. <laughs> Isaiah <laughs> Thomas was scary uh, with how little regard he had for. He's like, he's like, they're not. He just kept repeating, they're not the end all be all. And Clancho's like, nobody's saying that. Like, <laughs> he's like, Nobody. That's how. That's what a lot of like yeah. pro ex pro basketball players think that. Yeah. Be, just because it's so unusual for them to even think about it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, that's think, good that Colangelo, okay? Yeah, yeah that's so, selling me a little bit. Yeah, and he had, I mean, basically, he just had, you know, he he was not afraid to be like, okay, so look at examples like players like Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade is a very good player to like analyze in these kinds of in these kinds of ways because you know the things that he does doesn't necessarily translate to wins directly, and so like that's a player that you pick apart, you see what kind of, uh, you know like injury history as you, you compare it all and you ultimately weigh in like what kind of what he brings culture wise but you know the analytics have to be factored into that decision especially if there's like red flags like there is with that kind of a player and just seemed like you know and Isaiah Thomas was like yeah but you can't just trust those numbers he's like Isaiah listen <laughs> <laughs> listen closely <laughs> all right I'm being sold on him yeah yeah, it's good. Um, did you see the thing? I think it was Chris Mannix uh, put this out about Brooks' contract. This new news about how Brooks' contract isn't necessarily guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, that if... I, I saw that and I just didn't read it. I don't know why. I just didn't click on it. The basics of it is is that if he gets hurt again, in that I don't know if it's specifically with the foot. I think it is. Specifically with the foot he's had so much trouble with. Is that only then fifty percent of his contract next year is guaranteed, and then seventy five percent of his contract the year after would be guaranteed? Or that's got to be reverse. Maybe it's only it's seventy seventy five percent of it is non guaranteed, so twenty five percent would be guaranteed, something like that. So, um, that's an interesting thing. It it does give you a little bit of um, it actually increases his trade value, you know, because it just says to a team. If if you get Brook, you get him on a contract that that says if he gets hurt, you can get rid of him very easily in a way, or you can minimize his cap sheet very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, again, overall, I think we're in the same place here. It's the Nets should not make a trade unless they get a Godfather offer for one of those two, which isn't going to happen. They should hold on to those two, see how free agency works out. If it comes out that the Nets get no one in free agency, um. There's going to be a lot of other teams that don't get anyone in free agency. They should then start calling and say, you can have Brooke Lopez or Thad Young for whatever you want to give us. Really, because I mean, because at that point, because there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to have needs to fill. And the Nets will be in a, a perfect seller's position, two guys in good contracts. If they're healthy throughout the whole year, that'd be a big sign for Brooke. Um and Thad's been Thad's kind of hasn't played all that great recently, but he's been fantastic all year. So one last Twitter question from at Chris underscore Davidson. Thank you, Chris. Who is the Nets' starting point guard next season? Yipes! I think Jared Jack is a kind of Rajon Rondo. <laughs> Yo, he is balling right now. He is balling. And I don't care who knows it. Um, um, but realistically, the net the Nets there are point guards to be had out there. I mean, like. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see. We're going to see what all this, you know, being in Brooklyn. I'll tell you, it'll be Ben Simmons. Stop that. No, that's so sad. How exciting. Oh, my God. How exciting would that be? That's how they're freaking pick. It'd be pretty great. Anyways, you want to go to news around the league? Do you have that sounder? You saw me hit the button, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It's the news. 
All right, news around the league here. Um, so we've been away, so there's been a lot of crazy things that have kind of happened. Number one overall would be, I don't know, what's a bigger headline? Black getting fired or Blake Griffin punching someone and getting injured? His, like, his friend. His too. friend. It's like, a strange thing. It's like, I love the explanation. It's like an altercation among friends that got out of hand. It's like, punch the, your friend so hard that you break your Multiple hand. times. <laughs> yeah. In two different venues. Usually a venue, very you smart, the equipment manager. Equipment. And by the way, we can, we can joke about this, okay? Right? Yes. Because what? What? People- there's this like whole thing where we, we now, because of the Players' Tribune and everything, that we have to understand athletes more, and they're just people, which they are. They're just people. But we're allowed to make fun of people I make fun punching of all the other- people who punch other people. Yeah. I watch a lot of reality TV. I watch Party Down South, and those people get made fun of. We're allowed to make fun of this. Yeah. Very sad. Sad story. Anyways, what, wait, why is it <laughs> very sad? What did you take two friends? Dark turn there. Um, two friends. That's what's sad. The friendship is is on the outs. They'll be closer together now. I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens. Uh, like in Fight Club, maybe they had a Fight Club. You know, that was about male bonding <laughs> between one person and himself, right? No. Spoiler I mean, alert. No. <laughs> uh, you read the book, probably, right? I I did. Did you like the book? Well, I read it when I was like 15, so, so I was pretty, pretty geeked yeah. out on it. But <laughs> looking, I back, didn't read the book. I'm okay. embarrassed for liking it. Um, why is that? Why? Why? Why are we? No, no I shouldn't be. I it, I think the movie like gets made fun of because the book is sort of like more earnest about satirizing, you know, the men in that in like like the male culture. Where the movie like asks you to take it a little bit more, grabs more, yeah, more, yeah. grabs it by the <laughs> like balls and yeah. Yeah. shakes it um, in a good way, <laughs> in the way that that you like. Yeah, it's it's um, anyway. So, the, but I mean, again, I don't know. The, I, I can't remember anything that is different about the book now. It's been been a while since I read it. I did reference it in the. Uh, the letter that you have to write for colleges to apply. Oh my God. <laughs> no. If I was, if so I was embarrassingly. the, the freaking, uh, what would that person be? The admissions person. I know. Reading about this hey, little tweet out. from Montclair. Somebody, somebody wanted me. Uh, I think the worst book, not the, it's not the worst book, but the book I really should never have read. It was Clockwork Orange. Oh, you, you didn't like that? I read that. I read that. I think I was also pretty young. Precocious of you. It's tar- hardened. I don't know how to say this delicately. The rape scene, very uncomfortable to read about. And I was like 14. Not a great book. And the book is really weird. Have you read the book? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. written in a very weird way. I read the whole thing. I don't know why. I'd, I don't read anything. You know, what was the last book you read? Fully? No, not even. Yeah, well, my wife and I have been... 50 pages you read. Been going through um, Devil in the White City. Sure. But we did that last summer, this past summer. Mm-hmm. I haven't touched a book since. Yeah. I want to. I just, what am I going to do? I've got ESPN.com to read. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best There's book ever. There's a lot ever. of content out there. Yeah. Um, so anyways. You hear these people stomping around upstairs like they got lead feet? What is wrong is with these people? Are they filming, filming Fuller House up I there? I can't tell you. The way, I mean, they, listen, I hear the bed is squeaking sometimes. Maybe I shouldn't talk about I this. I think we know what that means. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and just not. Blake Griffin. <laughs> um, just so not to get so everyone knows about what happened, but sort of what's now become the narrative is very smart people like Zach Lowe have been saying the Clippers should look at trading Blake Griffin. I actually think. Um, what do you mean very smart people? I said this like a month ago. 
and everyone took a giant crap on my chest. A steaming. I got a Cleveland steamer for saying. <laughs> Let's see. God damn it. You're an aspiring <laughs> uh, to be. Not even. I want to be, uh, be folksy. That's what I want to be. Three options. So I think I know what your option is going to be. You either do nothing, so you keep Blake, and you hope that a warrior gets hurt, and that, that opens up a window. Uh, you trade Blake for a legitimate star. You try to do a one-for-one, one, either Kevin Love or Carmelo. This is fantasy land here. We're not talking about reality. Or you trade for the future. You get you do the Celtics trade, which would be you get some pieces, but you get probably the Nets pick and something else. If you're the Clippers, what do you do? Do nothing, star for star, or trade for the future? The This was brought up on the AM radio show that I was listening to last night, actually. <laughs> a uh, uh, Blake for Carmelo trade. And everyone was like, no, I hate it. And I thought it kind of made sense on both sides, um, although they they probably wouldn't do it. But um, who's but, they? Either side or? Uh, or? I guess the Knicks, I guess, wouldn't do it just because of, like, you know, Carmelo's um, PR, you know, New York stuff. He's very much embedded in himself into the, like, you know, Manhattan. Yeah. Stuff. Whatever. Anyways, but <clears throat> that aside... Um, I feel like you know if you if you move Zinger over to the five, have Robin Lopez coming off the bench like he ought to, get Blake Griffin as your four, and then you're one le- legit point guard away from being a very interesting team. Um, Carmelo probably, I mean, you know my feelings about Carmelo. He's a you know volume shooter that gets hot very routinely. You right. know, and he's, he's been a little bit different this year, but he's that, that yeah. is essentially who he is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just feel like the Lakers, or I mean, the Clippers need to shake it up in, in whatever capacity. And as far as like getting back equal value, because it's very hard to get back an equal value for, for a guy like Blake Griffin, Carmelo is probably the closest you can get to to that kind of a player. Well, and it, and fantasy land again, but it it solves. The Clippers' problem of so like Blake and DeAndre, I think it's kind of overstated that they can't play together, um, but because they do play together really well. But Carmelo's a better fit, especially with Chris Paul, because then you can do really interesting stuff. They're both buddies, be awesome. Um, from the Knicks' perspective, I mean, so you can easily configure something where you like you were talking about where you getting need to get a point guard. Mm-hmm. You do. Jerry and Grant called her own and something else for Marcus Teague or Jeff Teague. <laughs> no, I, yeah, get, get Marcus while you're at it too. <laughs> uh, Jeff Teague, get him in there. Flip Mello for Blake. You know what? His name is actually Marcus Teague. You're right, but it's spelled like Marquise. And why? Why do that? Anyways, that's what happens. But um, it see, it, th- that makes the most sense. But also, I'm, I'm of the mind that, like, why would you trade – you really just shouldn't trade Blake Griffin. He he's he's too young and too good to really consider trading. Like DeAndre's really the piece that that you would want to trade if you're gonna if you're gonna do anything that would really push you over the edge. You'd be trading DeAndre for an average center and then a really good wing, as opposed to trading Blake for just like some other parts for other wing players. I so this is where I get into the less into the spiritual realm, you know, of, of, you know, sure. just, just the emotional element of the game. And I think that what the Clippers need just in terms of like, you know, 
the the shakeup is a platitude that people use, but I think in some cases, um, it like y- you you do need to. I mean, they've failed too often with this core, you know, and that there there's a certain level of. Um, I guess you, you, they lose their ability to believe in themselves a little bit, Mike, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh, and they, you know, so it would help them to be like exciting again, you know, just like a new face, a new, like, you know, and it would give them the ability to have that faith in, in a possible championship kind of team. Yeah. I don't think they have that faith right now. I think they know what they are. They're a very competitive four seed that nobody wants to play in the, cause they could potentially beat anyone, but, they can also lose to anyone. I, but I still think I still think in their minds they have it in the back of their heads that we blew that Rocket series, that we always give Golden State a really good game. They probably think they're just as good as Golden State, and they they are the type of team that looks at if this could have gone right, we would have been better, as opposed to like what can we do to be better. Like the whole team complains all the time about every single little 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 nick. And I, th- I still think in the back of their head, they're like, we're better than, which is fine, that we're better than everyone else or as good as anyone else and that we've just had bad luck. Yeah. When, it, when in reality, it's because Doc Rivers is a bad GM. He inherited a team that had DeAndre. He's a good GM because he made DeAndre come back, essentially. That's the only good thing he's done. He's done nothing really to improve his, the bench. He's brought in his son to be, you know, just who's, not any good. Um, who actually wish the Nets could have, but that's fine. Um, at this point, it's just they're not. I don't think they're going to make any moves. Also, I, got, I actually think it's kind of overhyped that they have to make a move. I don't think it's necessarily they have to make a move. Nobody was talking about this a month ago when I was talking about this. I know you're on top of the ball. God damn it! Another thing now that, it's overhyped that you heard here first on this podcast before anywhere else. David Blatt. I had been saying all season that the weirdest non-talked about story in the NBA was David Blatt and the Cavs, that he was still coach, that we went through the playoffs. LeBron hated David Blatt. It was known. They go to the finals. Everyone forgets about it. No one talks about it. I was saying, me, I'm doing my Bill O'Reilly here. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were watching Fox News. Yeah. The Cavs don't like David Blatt. Been saying it all year. They fired David Blatt. Apparently a huge shocker. Not that big of a shocker. If you understand personalities, hate and anger and, and, and annoyance don't just go away because something good happened. This little nugget of goodness, which was the finals, doesn't destroy um, the irring- irritatingness of which David Black coaches his team. Yeah, I mean, and Tyrone Liu. Who I well, I pubbed as possible Nets coach, but now that seems like the perfect person because he has like no <laughs> desire to like you know go against the grain or do anything that would in any way perturb his thing is to play faster. Yeah, which which really is not what this team. It's not the the Cavs don't need to play faster. It's not that they just need it's to a play thing. better. He's just saying a thing. He's like I have to save something. I've, I'll say this. Whatever. It's not. He's got, this guy is. This guy will have to do very little in order to get to the finals. He knows it. I, I doubt that there's going to be like a real fundamental. I mean, I guess the issues were like in timeouts. Blatt was like a mess. Like he was just like a nervous wreck or whatever. And then that never went away. And like that's what they're like aiming to fix. Uh, who's calling you, Smeltz? My wife. Are you gonna? You're thinking about taking that phone call? I can tell. I don't know why. Oh, because she's a priority caller. I have this the thing on my phone that says 
if you can uh it says like I block all calls but priority and she's a priority caller so that's how she got through. Um uh, good for her. So the anyways, so there are, you know, a couple of positions in the NBA that are purely political and being LeBron James's coach after his the head coach got fired and you got moved up as as a basically all you got to do is just hang on to the seat while you can. Right. <laughs> and you 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 make you make people happy. And also, he got a multi-year contract, or I don't know if he signed it yet or not, but it wouldn't surprise me if, let's say he doesn't do a good job, that he's then just fired. Yeah. I mean, that's totally fine. Uh, question for you. Of these three players, who is most likely to get moved by the start of next season? Okay. DeMarcus Cousins, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin. To get moved by the start of next season. Most likely. Not this trade deadline, but the start of next season. I would say Kevin Love if they don't. I mean, which they will not beat the Warriors. And when they eventually, when that eventually happens, I think they will probably want to trade Kevin Love. Okay. That's what I thought too. I thought, I think he's not out of those guys. He's playing not, he's not as good as the other two. And he used to be. Um, And the team doesn't necessarily, he's, is the uh, oil to their, to their water, you know? He means the least to his team to those other yeah. two. DeMarcus is the team. Blake is, you know. Very much part of the core. Uh, so everyone's making a big deal of this Kevin Love stuff. The team already fired his coach. His long contract, Kevin Love's long contract, makes him actually really attractive because everyone's contract is so short that he can't trust. Like, Blake Griffin could be traded. He has to play next season, then he can opt out after that. So anywhere Blake Griffin goes, he has to kind of like it. You can't just you can't just send him away to Milwaukee or something. Um, Let's trade Joe Johnson's expiring for Kevin Love. <laughs> one interesting total remake, which I don't know how you're going to do this. Blake Griffin's from Oklahoma. Let's say let's say in a magical world, Kevin Durant leaves. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or uh, OKC is just grabbing at something. They trade Russell for Blake Griffin. The Clippers then send Chris Paul for, say, to the Cavs for Kevin Love. The, the what's their name? The Cavs send Kyrie for. Whoa, big, big shake up here. A bevy of picks from, <laughs> from Boston. <laughs> Okay. Just and then then LeBron gets to play with Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, right. Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, they get that. Tristan Thompson's back at power forward. Well, there's a whole lot. There's a whole lot to unpack there. I'll, I'll look at it. One thing I'll I do want to talk about is just... how horrible. Well, just in general, all of Oklahoma City's graphic design is, but <laughs> their new alternate orange jersey is so barf worthy. I, I don't hate it. What? I don't hate it. What they're they're that shade of no, doesn't like bother me one infected bit. orange, gross. Um, one last thing before we, we have a killer comparison, correct? Chris Staff's myth- mythology is growing by the minute. Um, there's a story from another story from Adrian Wojnarowski. He's basically the producer of this podcast. He did this whole long story about how Chris Stapps wanted to be in New York. That 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 was a goal of his. And in this story, and people are making the, sort of the big deal out of this is that. Philly had the third pick. The Knicks had the fourth. Chris Apps' agent 
made it so that Philly couldn't get as much information on Chris Stapps as the Knicks were getting. He made sure there wasn't a personal workout, made sure there wasn't an interview with the Sixers. The gist of the story is that Chris Stapps knew he didn't want to be in Philly and he wanted to be in New York. What is hilarious to me is that we're, we are building this like myth of Chris Stapps Porzingis already, a guy who was booed on draft night, predictably. And have you seen, by the way, that kid that like got famous for <laughs> yeah. crying? And now he everywhere. likes him. I love the fact that he is around as much as he is, uh, just because it pisses Knicks fans off so much. Because <laughs> it is like the figurehead of annoyingness. Like he is like the most annoying person in the world, and in the face too. Just an annoying face. Just <laughs> a really. I'm sure he's a sweet. Yeah, he's, he's a kid. He's, he's into a child. NBA, so he's, he's you got to support boy. young fans. Um, but but that is the best. I, <laughs> I absolutely love it. <laughs> I would I would hate that kid. It just kills me that like I mean, Chris Epps is good, and he has a lot of potential. But we're, we're the, this mythology is being built up around this guy as if he he's Machiavellian that he hatched this plan to get to Gotham that mm-hmm. he he knew that. I'm going to do what I can to get to Carmelo and get to Phil Jackson, get to the Knicks, and I'm going to make it happen. And now this is going to change the course of history of the NBA that he decided not to give an interview to the crappy 76ers, which most prospects wanted to do. So there you go. That was my my one little thing. If you so you you don't like so what's what if it is Machiavellian? What if it is? Just because I I don't think he deserves this. He doesn't. Uh, he's des- not good enough yet. He doesn't deserve it yet. Let's yeah. not. Let's not consider him Dwayne Wade hatching the plan to get LeBron. New York City, bro. It's New York City. That's how we do. Come on now. Okay. All right. Take us out here. Uh, Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Check us out on iTunes. Switch Glue. Switch Glue Guys. BrookingGame.com. That's where we'll be. Um, Thank you again, Brian. You, the first time you've come out early, you're supposed to hit it right here at the the crest. Ready? Good night, everybody. Woo!